exciting, ladies and gentlemen, because for the first time this decade, we can say officially good evening from us in the Channel Islands. But for, for you listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight, because for the first time in 2020 and for a long time, JB and myself are face to face. But uh, good evening, I'm Anthony Price. And I'm Jonathan Bradley. And what's sadly lacking tonight, even though we are on the island of Guernsey, mm. is a bottle of wine. So we should paint the picture for you. Um, we have just ended a enthralling day with uh, some participants in the Channel Islands on one of the workshops that JB and myself run. Um, and um, we have a window of opportunity to record this either now, pre-alcohol, or after dinner, which would probably include alcohol, which would mean the value of this podcast may be negatively impacted as a result of it. Fair? Possibly substandard. Or maybe enhanced. You never know. No. Um, so, um, uh, JB, I think it's worth spending just a couple of minutes talking about your experiences of travelling over here yesterday with me. <gasps> Oh, I'm not the greatest flyer. Uh, I'm certainly not the greatest crasher, which was what was worrying me on the way here. And it's alarming when your pilot uh, says, we're going to give this a couple of goes. And if we don't succeed uh, on the second attempt, then we will be flying off uh, somewhere else. Now, to those who are quite comfortable flying around, that's probably quite fine. But to me... I've never heard that coming out of anyone's mouth before, and I was nervous, particularly as the plane started wobbling, and <laughs> so did my confidence. And I was actually watching something on my iPad, trying to get my mind off things, but the program that I was watching had some very funny music, which was adding to my stress. So uh, I managed to hold on to Ant, and the the most amazing thing happened. The pilot, thank you, Flybee, uh, managed to land us on Guernsey in a thick soup of fog mm. and wind and rain and everything else you can possibly imagine. Crazy, absolutely crazy. I was, I would, I was shitting it. Absolutely, I was trying to be brave and not lose it. I knew, you, I knew you weren't happy when you. Um... When you, I'm sorry, I'm taking my shoes off. Um, I knew you weren't happy when you were watching your iPad and then you turned it off and put it in your seat in front of you and I thought, right, he's trying to distract himself, it's not working. So then um, we had an ad lib. So how are the kids? I was just asking random questions to get him thinking about the happier places in his life, which I probably think exasperated because he then thought he was never going to see his kids alive again. No, I was thinking about all of them and, and how, what, what, you know, how, how would it all be communicated that their dad had unfortunately missed <laughs> the runway missed the runway and landed in the sea <laughs> um so um i guess I, I probably owe the listeners a quick update on my housing situation i i, I think they are um absolutely um, bated breath they, they, they will be desperate to know yeah so it's safe to say that we will not be recording any more from my existing property because by the time we record the next episode of the podcast, we would have completed on the sale of my house. Um, but uh, so, yes, we exchange contracts and under UK law, you exchange contracts before you complete. Some people complete the same day. But in this case, we have a two week window between exchanging our contracts with our solicitors of the buyers and completing. So we move out of our house next Wednesday and then on to pastures new. 
In the meantime, podcasts will be recorded from either a service department before our new house completes, or more likely... Or a cardboard box in the middle of the street. Yep, yeah, or, or, or uh, from hotel rooms as we're doing now. But I promise this will be the only podcast which is alcoholless. Um, a couple of quick shout-outs, if I may, JB, before we get into the thrust of as the, always, the, as the, always. The, the pod. Um, number one. We need to spend... Uh, I don't know if we've done this already. Do we need to give Sam a shout-out or did we do that last recording? I, it's always good to give Sam a shout-out because yeah. you know what he's like. So Sam has claimed that he is <clears throat> the most loyal listener and we don't give him enough attention on the podcast. So Sam S, I won't say his full name, Sam Gupta, because um, obviously you don't want to look him up online and then connect with him on LinkedIn and say what a beautiful human being he is. Um, he came up to me that he felt neglected because we gave a shout out to another listener more prominently than himself. So Sam, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, thanks for that. Uh, I also should give a shout out to Anne Sophie in Singapore, who's a regular listener. Um, she um, has a question for us for another episode, which I'll keep that back because I'm not sure whether I'm needing to keep that identity of her question secret from her. So I won't bother mentioning that now. However, um, she uh, said she's very much enjoying the podcast and a couple of things made her laugh, especially about our subject matter of Jeff from a previous episode. Um, and um, if you're listening, you will understand that joke. And apparently you make her morning sunshines on her... My morning sunshines on my way to work. It's so lovely to hear you both. And then she signed off by saying... Please give greetings to Mr. B or the posh consultant as reviewed by somebody else. Ah, I see. Yeah. Are you sure that's not a dicky translation? Do, do we make her sunshine in um, the morning? Does he, in, listen, does he listen to it too? She has daughters. Oh, I know okay. Anne-Sophie, she has two girls. Oh, okay. Um, but there we go. Anyway, um, so um, we, we, we have little to report in by way of what we've been up to because it hasn't been that long since our last episode was recorded, if I'm not mistaken. No, absolutely not. And the good news for the, for the listeners tonight is that we do have a, a very, very tight time schedule. We've got to turn this round mm. uh, as if we were l- taking off from Heathrow and landing on Guernsey in the wind. We've got. You can probably we, hear the wind in the background with the microphone picking we, up. We don't have several options or several choices to land. We've got to land. We've got to land this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hard, hard landing. Yes. Whether we like it or not. Yeah. Because we've no got fuel. To, absolutely. We've got to fin- we've got to finish this within an hour. Which should, so we've got to be very disciplined land. Yes. Um, oh God. And and on the money. Yeah. Uh, with this, so the the subject, ladies and gentlemen, that we uh, have thought about long and hard, is the oft underlooked and over over thought and under considered, is the subject of questions. What do you mean by that, JB? You see what I did there? Ooh. Without a glass of wine either. You didn't get to where you are. Or where I might be. <laughs> Um, so um, JB makes a very relevant point here and there is a problem I sense and I think JB would agree that as a leader one of the things that lacks the most is asking people that report to you your peers and above you you don't ask enough questions which means that you seem to have a capacity to have to be the knowledge of everything and master of everything and empowerment of nothing. Um, and I see it time and time again in organisations that I work in currently and in the past. And don't get me wrong, there are some great leaders, but the difference is between a great leader and a not great leader is their ability to ask killer questions. 
So uh, there are many uh, reasons why uh, questions are appropriate, whether we are asking them rhetorically, when they're very powerful, as we know, when you're a leader and you're doing an inspiring communication, often it's great to ask a really great big open question, a rhetorical question. You're not actually expecting an answer, uh, but it frames where you're going. It frames what you want to say just by asking a really good big juicy question in a previous episode we were talking about public speaking and leadership <clears throat> and one of the powerful things of rhetorical questions is something that me and jb learned way back when in our radio days which is theater of the mind um, and people in your audience are a mixture of visual communication prefer preferences auditory so i.e through seeing stuff through hearing stuff or through processing and cognitive connection stuff which is your kinesthetic and these rhetorical questions that JB refers to is a great way of first of all creating an image in people's minds to help take them on a visual journey and one of the things of a great rhetorical question is imagine what would happen if or imagine this or think about a time when it is a really powerful thing within communication of a leader to create that theatre of the mind so another one that I um, quite is it's quite a it's quite a nice starting point uh, sometimes and uh, I don't know some people might think this is a bit weird but what what is the point of our business what what is the point of this business and and actually that that could be a a, a rhetorical question that you can then go on to answer mm. but actually asking that directly of your people and seeing what different responses you get could tell you an awful lot about the understanding of your people and actually how they might communicate the vision purpose of the business so i quite like that one as a as a as an actual question not just a rhetorical question what do you think i like that one i think on a more of an individual basis um, a lot of people don't understand the answer to the question of what is your why. Oh, tell, tell us more about that, Ant. Oh, thanks. There's a question to my, my, my question. Um, I think um, companies are getting better and better at articulating a purpose that they as an organisation exist for. But sometimes that that doesn't resonate with people on the ground at a leadership level yes perhaps you know i get it and i need to drive my people and that's another question for another podcast whether you are driving the purpose effectively but actually most of us i presume turn up to work to create um comfort and stability and safety for people outside of work whether that's our family our dependent children loved ones or actually just to make ourselves sufficient and add worth to the world. So therefore, I would argue that there is a work equals pleasure because by working, it gives you pleasure outside of work. But there has to be a reason as to why someone wants to come into work every day and process, I don't know, a thousand pay slips or they want to come to work to um, help the customer secure the right sized furniture for their house or whatever it might be. 
but actually what is an individual's purpose what is your why what value do you bring to this organization that is a meaningful explanation as to what gets you out of the bed in the morning which is you know kind of the same thing but what is my why for me is a great question to help people articulate what they either believe their value is to a business or in a more personal sense what is their worth Hmm. so uh, I think on that um, basis then if you take the device of a metaphor and the device of a question bear with you could end up framing a communication or conversation in quite an interesting way so here's an example if you use the metaphor of putting a man on the moon, one of my favorites, and you've got a decade to, to build a, a rocket to get your man onto the moon, which was the case back in 1961, the promise uh, of delivering it within a decade, which they did. And they got that man, that those men back alive, which was, which is great. So, you, you create the story, you create the metaphor, and then you ask the question, what's your moon? What's your moon? What's your rocket? What are your values? Hmm. You see? Yep. Well, so I'm thinking, you know, there's a kind of, there's quite an interesting kind of thing going on there, yeah. which is build the metaphor and then ask the questions rhetoric or otherwise so uh, another metaphor that i quite like when i was asked that last in the last podcast which is your favorite metaphor and actually the oh, yeah the, the other one uh was the the putting your boat into the fasting fastest flowing bit of the river mm-hmm. so we we create that we we sell that we put that into the minds of our audience and then we can ask all sorts of questions about that boat, its seaworthiness, how how ready is it to leave? Uh, what Peter, what kind of people have you got in that boat? What direction are they rowing in? Who's at the helm? Uh, what what other support do you need in order to get this boat to float? Uh, how stable is it? Uh, how how can you get it to the fastest flowing? bit of the river and what would it be like when you get there and then where are you going where are you where where are you aiming to get to so by putting it into the fastest flowing bit of the river how is that going to actually help you so i'm throwing this into the mix Mm. and because i know how useful sometimes metaphors can be in actually getting people to go from a sideways approach into solving a problem or creating an opportunity. I'll give you one more um, example, a true life experience um, with someone that I've worked with, which is uh, picking up, in fact, on their metaphor, which was that they felt like they were covered in shells. Uh, in their in their work in their work life 
uh, and those shells were there to protect them. But uh, those shells had become a hindrance to them being real uh, and to, to be themselves. They had built so many shells up, shells up uh, that, it, that it was proving to be an interference. So what it enabled me to do in response to that was to help them remove the shells. So I, I started off, I think if I remember rightly, which shell would you like to think about first? Which, which shell would you like to look at with me? And, and we, we looked at each of those shells and had a, a pretty useful conversation. So I think there's, there's a couple of points there, mm. which is A, actively framing uh, conversations so that you can ask questions uh, through metaphors, similes, concepts, ideas. Um, play, it's quite playful, really, isn't it? And yeah. then, and then you then you ask you ask questions to go with your metaphor, and a bit of planning around this is is probably not a bad idea. Hmm. And the other part of it is being receptive when you hear a metaphor in a conversation. Be ready to use it because it's it's a bit reflective and and it's it's actually just following uh this person's train of thought and where their thinking's going and if you can if you can be tuned in to asking some pretty damn good questions about that i think that's a i think that's a really good approach to take don't be afraid of someone using a metaphor and asking them questions about it so Taking this one step back, um, I have an opinion and, I, and I'm happy to share it, but I'd like your opinion first on as a leader listening to this podcast, what is the risk of not asking questions in your mind? Because you were the one that that pipped this theme up for conversation today. Um, clearly there is an anxiety or a reason to believe that questions are important. What's the risk of doing nothing for a listener? right now and they are not asking questions i think i think one of the really important uh functions of of leadership uh is to be aware uh self-aware aware of others and when i say others i'm talking about people within an organization and all all stakeholders it, it is the leader's function to to create ever higher levels of, of awareness in an organization of of all things all benefits all consequences all future visions all current experiences because that's data that's the stuff you need to know in in order to to run a business effectively so so generating high levels of awareness in an organization is massively important and then once we have that high level of awareness we would i think it's fair to assume that you will make better choices the company will make better choices you will create a culture uh, that is much more aware uh, and also confident in the choices and the plans it makes so what, what I'm saying 
that for is that how can you raise ever greater levels of awareness with the resulting choices if you don't ask bloody questions? <laughs> so something JB mentions regularly in our podcast is giving you a damn good listening to. Mm. Um, and this is something that is a bit of a campaign for JB. And I would say... With millennials especially, which I am delighted to say that I am just on the margins of being a millennial, um, employees... I'm not making any comment. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I think millennials especially, and employees in most organisations these days, um, they want their voices heard more than ever before. They want to feel that they are listened to. And I, and I don't mean their managers need to hear what they're saying. They, they really need to be listened to. And I think um, they want feedback on their thoughts, but therefore they have to have their questions asked of them first so they have the ability to communicate their feelings. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, um, if you don't know what your employees are thinking about, how do they trust you? So I think by as a leader listening to the needs of your employees creates a culture of understanding and much more personal trust um, and you know I've been talking to a good friend of mine recently and he doesn't feel that his manager is interested or listens or asks questions and therefore is unable to even communicate what he's doing or she's doing to then get feedback as to whether what they're doing is of any value so this what is my why they don't believe that the line manager even knows it so for me, um, the risk of not asking questions demonstrates you're not listening to your people. Um, and actually, there could be massive underlying issues that you're not aware of because you don't listen and you don't ask those questions. And there is a risk that we um, walk blind into real major problems of the organisation because we don't listen and ask questions of our people. So, for example, you know, I, I was having a conversation with one of my team, this is a couple of years ago now, so I can probably talk about it. They will remain nameless, but it's long enough under the water to, um, under the bridge, sorry, to mean that it's not relevant to today's conversation. But actually, if it wasn't for the fact that I'd asked questions of one of my team, I wouldn't have discovered that there were issues at home that was what was causing some of their underlying issues at work. And the ignorance of, had, and, and and I have to be honest, it was just a gut instinct of a moment of madness of me asking a couple of questions that are a bit more deeper than or the ordinary how are you um, that really uncovered some massive issues there. And as a result of it, I was able to understand my member of staff's challenges much better and our relationship was much more intimate in a professional way because of it. So for me, asking questions gives you better visibility of understanding but it also demonstrates that you are a listener as a leader and if you don't listen as a leader as we've talked to people about just today in our workshop that we're running you know what does that say about you as a character and actually you know your reputation outside of work you might be a great listener but why do you leave those skills at the door when you walk into the office well so oh you've got me thinking sorry now um, we, we, was, that, was that my meta, my, my my rhetorical? Well, it was lovely. You've 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 created um, some really great thinking uh, space for me on that because 
Uh, I, 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 I haven't shared this with our listeners before, and I know I've mentioned it to you, but I, two, two of my kids are, are dyslexic, and my eldest one uh, is, a, is an opera singer in, in Nuremberg, and she's incredibly creative, and dare I say it, she's incredibly bright. Uh, and JB refused to let me marry her, just for the record. And she is a lovely, lovely one. <laughs> and, and my son Harry, who's um, a six foot six policeman, he is he's severely dyslexic. And my uh, when I was I think it was about twenty well, was I twenty eight twenty nine I took Harry along to have him assessed and looked at the tests that were being run and then realised uh, that I needed to be tested too. And hey, lo and behold. I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. And uh, I look back at my education. There will be a point to this. I look at my... I had no doubt. I look back at my education, which I have probably only just recovered from. And I, I now realise the big problem that I had, apart from the, um, the volatility and the physical abuse that happened at the school that I was at in my formative years, was they did not ask questions. It was an absolute download of information, mostly off a flipping blackboard, uh, which for those listeners who are dyslexic or know people who are, often trying to take information from a blackboard and also sometimes, you know, from someone just speaking at you, it's not a great way to learn. There is no, There's not much you can do with it. And so, I, I don't know, it, 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 it kind of really... Uh, resonates with me that all I'd often look back on my education as a as an absolute and complete waste of time. Apart from one teacher, one teacher called Mr. Goodwin. Mr. Goodwin was an extraordinary teacher because he did two things. One, he told the most magnificent stories. And the ones that I remember most were about the Vikings. And I've still got a thing about Vikings uh, because of the storytelling around Vikings and their clinker construction boats and everything else that he went on about, <laughs> which I loved. I mean, he had me on the stories. Not only was he a great storyteller, but he was also a great questioner. He asked great questions. Which kind of brings me full circle back to the to the value of stories, mm. metaphors, and ideas, and and actually maybe using those as a as a framework yep. for asking you know really really great questions. So so you know what can we what can we learn from our education? And whether it was good or bad, I'm sure our listeners have got great examples yeah. of really great teachers who who were able to ask great questions and to link link stories and ideas and concepts in a very creative way. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. Oh my goodness! Okay, um, and then I want to 
give it some context, which is um, why is questioning techniques not part of a leadership's job description? Um, and the reason I say mm. that is because I sense, and I hope some of you listening this resonates with, that we would all probably, if you're, the fact you're listening to this podcast would suggest you're quite open-minded to new ways of thinking. So actually, by listening to the podcast, I think we're talking Assuming to Assuming they're still in... in this still is true. Really, yeah, yeah if you're still listening, listening at, at 25 minutes into the podcast, whatever it might be. I think we would all agree that um, the one approach fits all style of 20 years ago of management doesn't work anymore. Um, and therefore that thinking is outdated. So the only way to really understand that one size doesn't fit all in a multi-generational function or team that we may operate or run, you have to understand the people that operate within it to work properly. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you don't ask questions, you are making that sweeping assumption that that is a one size fits all and my style is right for everybody. And a leader to be able to demonstrate their capability to be dynamic as a leader they have to demonstrate that one size doesn't fit all and every individual is important. So you have to show empathy as a leader. The only way you can show empathy is, is asking good questions, showing compassion, showing interest, showing what's unique and valuable about that individual and how they work within the team, what style they appreciate. If you don't demonstrate those skills, which is lacking in a job description, which comes back to my, my rhetorical question, is that you know why are questions not part of you know why is questioning techniques and questions a bigger part of job descriptions for a people manager because as ever we all and we've said this a number of times too many organizations hire for technical skills and then fire because the person can't then lead the subsequent team they go on to manage just because they're a great accountant or a lawyer does not mean they're a great leader of people and I think there is a whole different subset of skills which are missing from the leadership competency frameworks we see in businesses and job descriptions. And we, we're we a bit funny about our radio background, aren't we? I mean, I'm not talking about you doing your naked show. I'm not going... Do our listeners know that story? Oh. Well, I don't, they know now. Well, maybe Another yeah, episode. We'll, we'll leave that. Um, we, we're funny about microphones, mm. aren't we? Oh, yeah. This one's beautiful. Yeah, this, this is three times bigger than my microphone and do, is it really strictly necessary to have such a big one uh yes because this is called an, an omnidirectional one so the ones you and i have for our home recordings goes in the direction of one but you'll notice that it's dual-sided but there is actually receptacles on both sides and you can then so it's currently picking up a figure of eight so it shouldn't be picking up the noise from out the window yeah but it should only be picking up either side for a two-way conversation. I could put it in the omni mode, not rather than figure of eight mode, and then it picks up everything, including the wind. Why do you? Is this? Is, is are you leading me down a, a path here through a no, killer question? No, no, absolutely not. But oh. I, I'm looking at it and I'm feeling inclined to lick it, but I'm not going to. It, but is, it is inviting. I give you that. No, no, no. I wasn't thinking about it in that way. All oh, right. Um, <laughs> Thinking, JB, we're in my hotel room. How no, could you? I think not because it looks a bit like an ice cream. It looks like a you know one of those ones like a fab, only it's black. It is a. If anyone's interested in googling, Samsung G Track is is the model. G Track Pro. It's a it's a it's a very it's a very beautiful thing. Mm. I better remind myself of where I was going, and I'll tell you where it is. It's the fascination that we have about share of mic. Right. Not the mic itself. That's where we went into a funny little cul-de-sac. Uh, so, 
this is this is I think this is quite an interesting area for people to think about. So if you don't ask questions in conversations, uh, what happens? Two two people having a conversation, and you don't ask any questions. there is a dependency on the leader to give all the wisdom and instruction to the other. So thinking about that in terms of our percentage of airtime mm -hmm. uh, with our mic, yeah. what happens? 90% comes from the manager and 10% is just the confirmational yes sir, no sir, three bags, full sir responses, I would guess. So this backs up what you were saying, uh, that wouldn't it be great if as part of a curriculum for leaders, managers, they would actually sit down and think about all the questions that would be useful to ask of their people and actually to learn about some really good questions and structures for questions and thinking about stories, metaphors, um, and all sorts of things that they can use to support the questions they ask of their team. So there are many questions that a leader would want to ask fellow leaders or junior leaders. A CEO might actually want to ask one of their directors about what's their vision of the vision. What's your vision of the vision right now? I quite like that. I think that's quite useful. <laughs> There's some, some senior executive leaders I know within communities I know very well at the moment would hate the idea that there is any blurring of the overall company vision, which mm. is, to your point, is totally wrong because there needs to be a vision which links to what is my why. What does that vision mean to me? Yeah. How does that play out? See, I don't, for me, that doesn't ruin the idea of the bigger vision, that I have a vision of this vision, and here it is. This is my authentic uh, presentation of, of, of the vision. It is, is how I assume it. It's how I assimilate it and how I communicate it to my teams. I might add stories. I might add questions to it. And that is my vision of this vision. I have a vision of that. I also have a vision of the current experience of our people. I, uh, what is the current uh, experience of our people in this business? Well, I don't know. Well, you should. You should know. You should know what the current experience of the people in the business is. And maybe you should know what the current experience of every flipping stakeholder is in the business. So while I'm in finance, I don't, I, I don't know what the, the customer experience is right now in this particular division, in this particular area. Well, make it your business to know. What is, what, is your, what is your understanding of the experience of all our stakeholders in this business right now? What is the experience of our employees? What is the experience of our customers? I, I think that's pretty... Jermaine, I think that's pretty pretty big for for any any director uh, worth their salt. They know, and how do they know? They know because they ask questions, because they had the training manual, they had the course, they had the programming questions. 
And JB is available. At <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't five thousand no, euros an hour, and I, you can have. I know. JB I was just. Too. I was. I'm, I'm sort of making this up as I go along a little bit. So, listeners, you know, if this sounds a bit weird, you know, I'm sorry if you turn off at this point. So I, you know, so you've got that. You've got. Um, how do you this this one we we throw around a bit, don't we? How do you how do you inspire your people? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you inspire your people? Oh well, I do this and I don't. Know. Well, how how do you know that it inspired them? Yeah. How do you know that? Prove and it. that's yeah, prove it. Where's the evidence? Mm. And that's where sometimes that can unravel a bit. Well, I, I, I'm quite very inspirational, and you know, I, I'm always inspiring my people. Oof. Remember that speech we sat through once upon a time, and the leader, who was probably not really a leader, was more of a manager, stood up and said, "I'm here to inspire you." Oh God, what a way to open a speech, my friend. Um, Suffice to say, I don't think they were in post much longer after that particular speech. And that wasn't was a whole host of issues, but that kind of was like, wow, okay, that's not going to galvanise your audience. Um, so, so that, so that, that thing about um, inspiration, which to me is the difference between a kind of downloady leader, someone who just downloads information to people and doesn't really care much whether they inspire them or not or they don't really know in fact they're probably a bit scared mm. of inspiring people because then they've got to keep inspiring them <laughs> and that's quite hard work isn't it you've got to you've actually got to do quite a lot of work and ask lots of questions um it's a whole different podcast episode actually yeah and and being confident enough to actually go do you know what i'm going to ask the bloody question what do i need to do to inspire my team ask your team what what you what do i what must i do to inspire you guys tell me i'd really like to know what what else do i what do i need to do more of what do i need to do less of to inspire you in your everyday work and and in what 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 can i do to make your uh leap out of your bed in the morning and getting to work that much more interesting and speedier I wonder, rhetorical question coming, how bold our listeners are to perhaps try that conversation that you've just suggested. Yeah. I think it would be, it's, it's the brave ones that do it will be super excited and surprised by the outcome, but it does, it's a brave move to go, how can I, how can I help you work better? How can I, you know, how can I inspire you? How can I help you? How can I make our life working together more enjoyable? How can I help you get out of bed in the morning with a bit more spring in your step? Try it. So assuming that then, and if, you, if you're if you asking your people as a leader, of your leaders, what, you know, what, what do you do to inspire your people and how do you know that you have? And then once you've got that established, to me, that's a campaign. Yeah. Because it's not a one-off, is it? It's not like we just do this once. And I'm, I've done my job. I've done my inspira- inspirational communication and I'm done now. Yeah. I'm a bit tired. Um, no, I think it, it's a campaign, isn't it? Yeah. And, and so if it's a campaign, what's your campaign? How's your campaign going? How's yeah. your inspirational campaign going? If you're a manager of managers, that is a good question to ask as well. You know, actually, you know, how is your campaign going? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and actually, if you are a leader of leaders, you should be encouraging them to ask questions, ask them questions about how their questions are going. 
Um, and this is, you know, a, a big topic, I think. I have to say, I mean, look, um, I'm very fortunate to lead uh, um, a function in a large business at the minute. And, the, you know, the, again, it's, we're going slightly off topic, but... Are we? No, no, no. no I, oh, you're about by, to. By, by, by my, my, oh. my comment I'm about to make. I think um, to link to, to JB's previous point around inspiring people, um, you know, as a leader, you have to... You, that That is a big requirement of the role. Um, I don't get me wrong. There is a risk of being style over substance all the time, but for those of you listening that don't inspire or excite people, you need to get better at it. And I think the one way to start that is to is to tune into people's ways of thinking through the questions that would prequel, uh, you know, inspirational work that you might do. And actually, you know what? As I think I find, I find most inspiring by pe- leaders in more senior positions to me are the ones that ask me questions. Yeah, because they seem to be interested in my thinking. Yeah, I actually yeah. care about what you think. Tell me, that inspires me. Um, and actually, you think about the best leaders you've probably worked for, and I hope you've all got experience of good leaders, not just bad. As you're listening to this podcast, the ones that you're drawn to, I bet, really value your thinking. They inspire you because they are interested. Um, I'm conscious of time. JB, um, damn! What, I was just getting into my stride. Oh well, we can go a bit further if you so wish. But we we have one listener question this week, which is fine and dandy if you so wish. But I was conscious. No, how no. can we, how can we make this practical for our listeners to take off of their headphones and implement the next working opportunity they have? What I what I'm can I just divert slightly and yep. then come way whizzing back round in one massive great loop. Uh, a bit like the plane the other night getting here. I uh, I wanted to say that it could have been very easy for us just to get a whole load of coaching questions and just go. Yeah, what's the goal for this conversation? And you know. What's what's the situation at the moment, and all the kind of standard stuff, but I think we I think we've pushed this a little bit harder tonight. I think, and I think we've 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 gone a little bit further into what you what you can do with a question, and how you can link it to an idea, a thought, a metaphor, a story, mm-hmm. and and just how important that is in leadership. Uh, it, Coaching questions, for example, and management questions, are all are all of a of a slightly different nature, and and it's almost like, gosh, if we if we if we'd gone round all of that, I, this could be a three hour program. <laughs> so I I think we could, if the if the listeners were up for it, you know, we could we could we could actually in a future podcast uh, look at coaching questions. Uh, because I think tonight's been more about the questions that a that a leader asks. Yes. Um, and I, and I know we'll probably have listeners a bit confused now about what that definition. What, is. what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. Right. So let well let's 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 clarify that for a second. That's why I felt we needed to do this little bit of a clarifier loop, and then we'll ask we'll do the listener question. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. So um, definition of coach. Uh, is the facilitator uh, of learning performance and development uh, and and the art of of, of facilitating uh, those things 
and, and that is one definition. There's the, there is many, many, many of them. So the art of facilitating the learning, performance, and development of another. So, so that is that is you know when we're doing that, uh, we want to ask specific questions that facilitate uh, thinking and learning. Uh, when we're talking about leadership, uh, this is this is more of a directive uh, area uh, where we are providing our own awareness analysis and awareness of others and actually bringing this into highly effective uh, communication that has a positive impact on the company's future uh, and all its stakeholders uh, so we, we we've kind of swung it and, and accidentally i think towards the to, towards that leadership end and we've been talking about uh, vision and uh, the difference between kind of current vision uh, using using vision in its in its wider context of what you see, uh, 360, what you see around you, the current experience of everybody that has a, a stake in your business, and what it could be, mm. and you know what kind of questions you might want to ask about that, H and how do you inspire those people? Uh, you know you want to inspire people to change their habits, to do things differently, uh, and this is the job of a, of a leader to actually be be very sensitive to that and to ge generate much greater awareness within the organization by asking the questions uh, that that need to be asked to help everybody to have much great greater awareness of the choices and options and and opportunities uh, that they have by going in this direction. Uh, and then uh, we we also had the idea of once you've got all of that together, you you can then track it and actually have the the conversation as how, how's your campaign, you know how how are you doing with the inspirational uh, part of your messaging? What 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 are your key messages and how are you getting those across? How how inspiring are they? Uh, so I I think we've been um, focused around now. So I just thought I'd I'd clarify that in, and just get that grounded. Um, and also just to uh, really uh, pick up on the on the richness of picking something up that you've read, seen, um, and brought into the company, whether it's a metaphor, story, current story, something from the news. Uh, I, I'm I'm just going to one one last go at this, and then I'm going to leave it and and then go with the the listener question, and and that is um, something that I've learned recently about psychological psychology psychological safety if I could actually say it and trust um, and how that breaks down into four areas of caring candor consistent and capable now if you've got those what are described as the four C's of caring candor consistent and capable if you bring that in and just say you know this is this is a way of looking at things you know it, it's it's just a, it's just a way of thinking it's nothing more than that it's just just it's one one view about creating psychological safety in a team uh, to build a high trust team how caring are we of each other in this team how how you know what levels of candor are available to anyone joining this team and candor you know being being around honesty which is so important in a team and where are we consistent and where are we inconsistent mm. good or bad Let's have a look at that um, and let's have a conversation about our capability because for someone who joins a team and and you want them to feel this is a high trust team those four things are quite useful just to have a conversation if nothing else and and there's some pretty good research 
uh, from this organization that I've been uh, working with, uh, neuro neuroscience research um, that pick up on those four things. So then you ask questions, you, you frame it, you frame the conversation uh, and you ask some really good big open questions about it. Everyone can try it, so try it. Go and go and go and pick up the Harvard Business Review. Go and pick up something off Google, a model, an idea, uh, a piece of neuroscience, anything, and just say, guys, I read this. It's really interesting. Uh, what do you think about this idea, and what can we learn from it? And then just get used to asking all of those uh, big open questions that might have quite a big impact on your team. That's a mic drop right there. As oh. in, as in, yeah. Did I drop the mic like one yeah. of those pop stars? Ghetto. Oh, sorry. Right, okay. No, 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 in a good I'll, I'll way. No, that's a compliment. Oh, I see. Oh, no, no, oh. Kind of like, you know, bosh. Done. Oh, okay. Subject closed. Yeah. It's kind of lost the moment there, but. Hey, sorry, I, I got slightly confused. No, no, no. It is, it is late. Um, uh, Channel Island's late. Um, anyway, right. So we have one listener question this week. Only uh, one. Uh, yes. Um, in part because I'm holding a few back ah. um, because we have a few episodes to record this week but here's the thing my friends if you have a listener question all you need to do is email us at globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com with your Bosch with your question and we will answer it please do tell us if you're happy for us to name you though um, if it's not obvious that you're happy to be named we sometimes are reluctant to name you for fear that you then I've had examples where please don't name me because I don't want any of my people knowing that I don't know the answer to this question. Which, by the way, you shouldn't be nervous about what you don't know. I think that's a sign of humility. But we'd we'd love to name you and we'd never shame you. Yeah, but that's, unfortunately, that's one there of the is the, of our shame. there is no clarity over whether I can name this person or not. Um, and to be fair, I think we can answer this by saying just rewind to the beginning of this podcast and listen to it because the answers are probably there anyway. Which is um, uh, give me some headline ideas on how we should lead leaders versus leading individual contributors. Ask them big questions. Yeah. Um, arguably, um, if you are leading leaders, I would want to understand their capability as a leader of individual contributors. Um, because as we have come to learn over the course of these podcast series as well as um, programs that we run a lot of the time a lot of leaders were promoted because of their technical expertise and the competencies of being a leader of people is vastly different so as a leader of leaders i would be asking these questions that jb has probably touched upon during this episode you know things like when did you last inspire somebody how do you know you did uh, how do you know and focus and value your people um, how do you rate your skills around leading, managing and coaching and so on and so on and so on. But uh, that is, I guess, step one. Um, and I understand from reading the context of your question, which I haven't read out because I'm not sure whether I should. Um, this person is new in post, so they're looking to kind of get some inspiration as to where to start. Well, I'm gonna, I am going to pick up on stuff that I was talking about earlier because I think it's very important for a leader to create... Uh, trust because high trust teams equals high performance teams exactly and so if you used the context of the four c's uh, to have conversations with your leaders and to check that they are the right people how do you care 
for your people? What what techniques do you use to help your people to feel that they are cared for, that they're that they're known, and they're focused and they're valued? What do you what do you do, and 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 what evidence have you got? How how do you know that 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 they feel that way? That you actually do care about them? Care they people need to feel that they're cared for. Uh, candor. Uh, how honest are you uh, with your people? Give me a piece of evidence, one piece of evidence, uh, where you had to give someone some very, very honest feedback uh, about their behaviour. Uh, no, about their behaviour and then about their performance. Give me give me some examples. Give me some evidence. Uh, in what ways are you consistent? And the answer to that could be quite interesting. You know, so we'll t- so you could get them into a into a, a conversation about consistency. So they would probably want to talk about being consistently good, and consistently exceptional. Okay, well, tell me about the opposite. You know, what 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 would you be doing that is consistent that we need to know about that that may not be so good. And you know that I think that's quite whoa. Okay, mm. I'm going to have to do some some serious thinking thinking about that. You know, consistently turning up late, consistently um, providing support for others. You know, some really good areas to get into some good questions. Yeah. And your capability. How, how would you describe your capability uh, as a team member, uh, not just your technical skills, please? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pop that in there, uh, and I I would love love that listener if they do any of those things uh, to give us some feedback on it. Exciting! I hope that answered your question, it's a bit Mr. Random. Or Sorry Mrs. about that. Anonymous. We went off, but yeah, no? I'd I'd love to know. Um, how should we wrap this up? Uh, what are you up to for the remainder of the day? With JB? a question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. Um, well, I, ooh, what time is it now? Yeah, okay. So I need to just sort of jazz myself up a little bit. Ooh. Um, I don't, I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> and then, then we are having, uh, dinner, I think. We are. And, but I, but not just us, with a, with a bunch of people yeah. in Guernsey. And I, I'm, I'm on a fasty, fasty day because yesterday, we ate bad yesterday. We did. We listeners. We were bad. I was at Twickenham on Sunday at a corporate thing, and I ate for Britain. And it wasn't my fault. Well, it was because food just kept being Stuffed presented down your to throat. me absolutely all the time. And I didn't. I felt embarrassed and guilty if I didn't eat as much as what was provided for me. Um, and so I've been in recovery ever since. <laughs> And so I'm not. I'm not eating very much today. On the I'm next on episode, fast. I think we should find out how you got on at the meal tonight. Okay, that's the first question. I have a fantasy about what I'm going to eat tonight, and it, and it is just a a little. Sorry if we've got any vegans in our TSA total survey area. Not no, we're not in radio. <laughs> so I I have a thing about a, a, a small piece of steak and some salad. And that is what 
I'm going to eat tonight. And then, if he'll it's be, available. then he'll be on the room service menu at about 11.30 because <laughs> he's starving hungry. <laughs> I will be. I'm starving now. I'm hungry, actually. But I know if I do this, I'll be so proud of myself. Let's have a look at my step count. I'll show myself to my watch but what, so, so, Anne, that's what... I think we're both doing that, aren't we? I mean, we you're are. not going for a swim because you forgot your trunks. Yeah, and, and, and we... Uh, so, another little amusing story for you. I think it's in Germany. And there are listeners in Germany, so they will know this. And Austria, I believe where um, I've stayed in that hotel last year and then I was sat in a jacuzzi uh, reflecting on the day that was um, from a leadership perspective to then be told I needed to take my trunks off, which I thought, have I pulled? No, I hadn't. Um, It was basically because it is a textile-free area in spa facilities in Germany. Um, um, But suffice to say, I never expected to be going in a spa here, but in the hotel facility that we're in, there is a spa facility, but clothing is required. What a pickup line. Would you like to come to the textile-free area with me, darling? Wow. And I imagine if you said that in a textile-free area in Germany, they'd probably immediately turf you out of said spa for being... Woo, 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 woo! (laughs) Dirty boy alert. Um, Yes, I'm joining you for dinner this evening. But tomorrow I'm looking forward to the fact we're going to to, uh, escape the hotel complex because our, our, our guests depart at three and we then have another cohort arrive the following morning. Because they are, the delegates disappear at three, we're going to go down to the Guernsey Harbour, if that's what you call it, port. Peter's Port. Yep. For a little roam around and get some fresh air. It is fresh, by the way. The winds are not dying down, but we're promised by the time we take off on Friday, because we've got to go home via Jersey, which means you've got to be in the sky for 13 minutes-ish. Unlucky for some, for JB to poop his panties once more. And then we'll go on a bigger, I think, Airbus from Jersey back to Gatwick. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I am actually quite looking forward to learning a little bit about Guernsey. I don't know very much about it, but I do believe that it goes back an awful long way and uh, something to do with 1066 and some battles that went on. Uh, and we fought off the French. We managed to keep it in some sort of agreement. Uh, then we had some uh, Germans come here they um, occupied it for a while did all sorts of kind of things Um, and then we managed to to get it back but it does I mean it's very very close to France isn't it we were told this morning that the electricity is supplied from France mainland yeah with a big cable which someone that's on one of our programs owns a piece of that cable as part of their retirement well and and January the 31st they're going to chop it off because we're not in the EU anymore. But we're already past that date. No, but it doesn't become effective. We're in transition, aren't we? Oh, I see. You mean 2021? Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Well, we better get off the island then. Well, we got some notice. Yeah. On, on that, that note, it's time to say farewell for now. Please submit your questions. Please leave us lovely reviews on... And that we've had some new ratings, which is always very nice. Um, but please do send your questions, uh, globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com or leadlearnpod on Twitter. Or you can look up JB and myself on most social media platforms, although I'm not on Facebook. It's goodbye from myself, Anthony Price. And it's goodbye from me, Jonathan Bradley. We've been tickling the furry frontiers of global leadership. Good night. Morning. Evening.